Please pray with me. O Lord, open our hearts to hear your love. O Lord, help us to behold, to hear and receive you in word and sacrament, that our mouths may proclaim your praise. Amen. Please be seated. At home, we have a cat named Indy. Indy came into our lives when Roxy found her at the Placer County Animal Shelter. She had previously been captured and spayed by animal control, and she was labeled feral or wild. Indy joined our family, and we came to realize that she was anything but feral. In fact, for reasons unknown, she developed quite a fascination for me. When I am sitting in my easy chair, nothing makes her happier than to jump up on my chest, stretch her paws out, and pat me on my little hairy chin. She will sleep there as long as she can. When she hears my voice, especially when I'm talking on the phone, she comes running and wants to jump into my lap. I sometimes have to shut her in another room so I can talk and take notes. It is amazing how persistent she can be. Our sermon this morning, one theme is persistence. To put the reading in context, Jesus and his disciples continued their ministry in the region of Tyre and Sidon, which is more toward the coast and north of northern Israel. This mor- his, his morning had been spent with his disciples and his followers and in arguing with the Pharisees and scribes who often followed him to trap him in violation of religious laws or in blasphemy against God. And the Gospel tells us, Then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her, and his disciples urged him, Send her away. for she keeps shouting after us. This incident is interesting because the Canaanite woman was not a Jew. However, she knew enough about Jesus to identify him as the son of David. She also understood the significance of his Davidic heritage, and she would need to have known about the Jewish faith and tradition. But most of all, she was persistent. The disciples urged Jesus to send her away, but in spite of their disfavor, she knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, Lord, help me. So Jesus had to make a choice. Does he help her or does he send her away? But first he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This serves as a reminder that up to now his ministry has been focused on the Jews. Why then should he help her, since she is not Jewish? In this case, the woman does not react to this, but simply kneels before him, saying, Lord, help me. He responds with an un-Jesus-like statement. It is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Is he actually calling her a dog? She is a Canaanite woman, And according to Jewish privilege, no better than a dog or scavenger. In fact, the word Canaanite itself might have been considered an insult. 
The book of Joshua tells of the campaigns of the Israelite general Joshua in the land of Canaan, subduing the populace and destroying the city of Jericho. I believe, though, that rather than insulting her, Jesus is exposing the self-righteous sense of Jewish privilege of that time and place. In kneeling before him, she acknowledges her unworthiness to be in his presence and responds to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Out of her desperation, she said exactly the right thing. And in saying the right thing, she stands in place of each and every one of us who are no more worthy of Jesus' healing and mercy than she is. All we can do is what the Canaanite woman did, to acknowledge our unworthiness and to simply ask Jesus for mercy, healing, and salvation through faith. Immediately, Jesus responds with an affirmation, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Going back to the issue of persistence, there are other stories in scripture that identify persistence as an important quality of our faith. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells the story of the persistent widow who kept coming to a judge and pleading, grant me justice against my adversary. The passage continues, for a while he refused, but later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly, quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? While it is important that we be persistent in our faith, we can be assured that God is even more persistent in calling to us. Whenever we feel that we need help, assurance, guidance, forgiveness, comfort, we can turn to God and God will be there. And as a reminder, setting aside some time each day to pray and talk with God helps us to grow in spirit and faith. In addition to the issue of persistent, persistence, there is a second theme in today's gospel. This concerns purity, as in who is worthy of God's blessings. I'm talking about obedience to the purity laws among the Jews of that time as part of what defined righteousness before God. In the first part of the reading, there is a discussion between Jesus and the Pharisees and scribes, provoked by the disciples by not washing their hands before they ate. Now, this isn't your mom telling you to wash your hands before lunch. This washing of hands was a Jewish ritual of cleanliness, a commandment of God, a tradition of the elders. Jesus responds, Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach 
and goes out into the sewer. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and that is what defiles. For out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Well, the disciples then say he has offended the Pharisees. Imagine that. But he dismisses this by answering every plant, speaking of the Pharisees and scribes, that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. So by hearing, refusing to hear his message, the Jewish leaders are doomed. Why? Because Jesus is saying that they have missed the point. The source of impurity is what comes out of the heart, not a violation of religious law. Likewise, Jesus takes up the issue of purity with a Canaanite woman. Jewish law would say that she was impure because she was not a Jew. Since the Jews are the chosen people, she cannot be counted among them. She must be sent away. She's a nuisance. Jesus sets the issue before his disciples. It is assumed that he has been first sent to minister to the Jews because they are the chosen people. But does this mean that his ministry must be limited only to the Jews? He uses the words and actions of the Canaanite woman to show that all, all, may be healed and saved. Her faith is so strong and direct that she submits to his statement that she is like a dog who begs at the table. She cannot disagree with him, but at the same time, her faith cannot be shaken. Through her persistence, she shows that it is not Jewish law or custom or works of obedience that take precedence but rather submission, belief, and faith. Now, it isn't long after Jesus' death and resurrection that the tables were turned. As Christianity grew, the Gentiles came to outnumber the Jews, and there was concern that the Jews might not be included in God's plan for salvation. In our epistle this morning, the Apostle Paul writes, I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. I, myself, am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. And later he concludes, For God has imprisoned all in disobedience, so that he may be merciful to all. God has imprisoned all in disobedience, so that he may be merciful to all. We are all in the same boat, convicted of our sins and in need of God's grace and mercy. So here we have an answer to the dilemma of the first part of our gospel. Whether Jew or Gentile, the purity laws or works are not the answer to righteousness or salvation. Things that come from God are good. It's whatever comes out of our mouths that is bad. 
because through our hearts and mouths comes evil thoughts, sins, and things that defile a person. We are impure, not because we have failed to observe a purity law, but because our hearts are sinful. And can we fix our heart problem ourselves? No. Only Jesus can give us the healing grace and mercy that we need. We cannot change the condition of our hearts by ourselves, but the Canaanite woman has found the key that opens the door to salvation. She responds to Jesus by submitting her will and her heart to him as Lord, and he responds, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And it is also through faith that we also kneel before Jesus and beg, Lord, help me. Our psalm this morning, written long before Jesus walked in the Holy Land, prophesies the loving reconciliation between all people and God that is accomplished through Jesus Christ. May God be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of his countenance and come to us. Let your ways be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise you. O God, let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide all the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you. O God, let all the peoples praise you. The earth has brought forth her increase. May God, our own God, give us his blessing. May God give us his blessing, and may all the ends of the earth stand in awe of him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.